Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I am doing well. It's the Wednesday, December 15th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. Indeed. Indeed it is. It's getting to uh, look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> and yes, it is. Out there, out and about, right? Getting much colder. It's getting chilly. It's getting well, chilly. In most thankfully, states, but... thankfully, we're in the south where it doesn't uh, get too chilly. <laughs> we don't have to constantly be digging ourselves out of snow or drying ourselves off from the rain. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Well, you know who likes to make it rain? Who? Steph Curry. Ah, yes. From three-point land. <laughs> and uh, he set a record last night in the game against the Knicks, and he is now the, uh, what, the uh, the sole occupant of the most threes uh, for a player. Yeah, ever made in the NBA history. In the, in the NBA. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Steph Curry. I know he listens to the podcast. All the time. All Big the time. listener. So Big listener. Uh, congratulations, Steph. That is amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And every three that he makes from here on out will just be him beating himself uh, for that record. And the beauty of it is, is he, it's like Tom Brady beating all his own records. He'll, he's not going to be retiring anytime soon. That's right. So he'll just be, true. keep he adding is, to it. He's he's a young fella. So he'll he's got that record of, will be very cemented. It's going to be hard for someone to beat because as long as he keeps playing, he'll probably play for a good amount of time extra. I mean, he's he like he only he only need like two hundred or just over two hundred games to get the record. Yep. Of over two thousand threes. Crazy. Which shows how many threes he actually shoots. Yeah, he shoots quite a bit of them. That's but, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, good for him to get that. Everyone was excited about it last night because he only needed two extra to get it, and everyone knew he was going to get two threes and more than two threes in a single uh, single game. He always knocks down a uh, large number of threes, and yeah. he was just going to go ahead and grab that record. But yeah, it was they like even though he wasn't at home, they still honored. The record, it That's was a big cool. deal, uh, even cool. in an opposing stadium like that. Yeah. Probably didn't feel great for the Knicks to have that happen on them, <laughs> but still, you got part of the moment. Yeah. Just the wrong part. <laughs> well, that's okay. You're there. You're there. You're going to be in, you know, you'll be in all the, uh, like, the... Highlight reels and stuff. The highlight reels and the historical footage. Yes. There's so, the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> getting bald. Yeah. So, uh, out west in Arizona, uh, the Cardinals... Um, they, uh, they came out of last week and it, you know, it, they've, you know, had a bit of a fall off, right? Yeah. In the, in the, in the seedings and they are no longer in that number They're one They're no slot. longer number one. And, uh, and now Hopkins is out for the, what, the next four weeks? Which the, is probably, that's yeah, the rest the remainder of the season, of the season right? yeah. Yep, remainder of season. So what does that, what's that do? Uh... Does that I matter? Mean, it doesn't seem like weapons. it really matters at this point, just because it's such a short amount of time. And also, there's they've got a. I mean, uh, James Conner has kind of turned into his own type of wide receiver slash running back type of situation. Um, I mean, you got AJ Green still. Uh, yeah, so you got, got plenty weapons. of guys left over to play with. How so big is their not, cushion in the uh, in the NFC West? Uh, I think they're actually pretty good in that portion, but they're they're going to battle the Bucks. The biggest rivals they have right now are the Bucks, the Green Bay Packers, because they're all tied record-wise. But and I don't think they're going to be able to come. I mean, the biggest deal with the like Hopkins, have they locked? They haven't locked up the division yet. Have not they? yet. No, they've. Uh, I think if they had one, 
they would have been able to I believe they would have been able to lock up the playoff spot. But I don't think they're gonna really have an issue with keeping their playoff spot just because they're ten and three and that's that's uh, not well, likely to but, change. You but. know, the Rams are right behind them. There's a lot of teams that are in the in the you know upper you can portion. see you know I, I don't think that it's a, a lockdown situation uh, yet for Arizona. That's in, what I've been saying though. I've been telling you they they're on the verge of breaking down. Yeah. Whether it's through injuries, whether it's through just the inability to play, and that Rams was the start of something terrible for not as far as injuries concerned, but just for the season as far as their demise a little bit i think it just it one of the issues with the green or with the arizona cardinals as i've been mentioning a lot on this podcast is they play backyard football and that was really what we saw against the uh the rams where they were just trying to do they did, it seemed like kyler murray just completely missed the linebacker that was lurking underneath the route and just lobbed the pass up there which making it extremely easy for the linebacker to get the interception that happened twice they were just—he was just scrambling for his life. And when he runs, why does he run like he's like trying to keep his balance, like move his arms all around? Why is he like? I do not know. I feel like like Russell Wilson and him have a lot of similarities as far as their yeah. height, yeah. like and speed. But Russell Wilson's a conventional quarterback. He he runs, but he's also he looking to downfield to he throw. Like to throw. right first with, with Kyler Murray, it's like okay, nothing's working. See, I'm just going to take off running, or I'm going to be scrambling back there and hoping to be able to run. And sometimes I'll pass it. It just depends. And sometimes when he's throwing on the run, he airmails it way past his wide receiver to the point where they can't catch him. We saw that many times against the Rams, which kind of oh. ended up hurting them. If I think honestly, I think Kyler Murray is a, a liability to the team at this point. I wow, think that's strong. I think as far as if if they had a different quarterback that was more fundamental in the pocket passer that could scramble a little bit, he could use the weapons more effectively. Yeah, I think I think Hopkins, I think AJ Green, I think. Uh, Kirk, I think uh, James Conner used wrongly. I think James Conner is probably the most correctly used guy of that whole roster. But Hopkins needs a quarterback that will stand in the pocket and deliver a deep ball to him uh, very efficiently. Like, yes, they have the situations, but it just seems like he wants to run too much or he's trying to put too much on the football after he's starting to run, which is putting your wide receivers in a bad situation because they can't exactly catch all footballs that that are thrown in in their area. They have to be in a certain radius so they can actually make the play on the football. But with Kyler Murray, it just doesn't seem like he's really like doing what he's supposed to be doing. And I think that's actually just injuring the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I think most likely they'll make it into the playoffs unless they start losing all the rest of their games. Uh, I, I don't know if you can look up to what the main schedule is, um, but I'd be curious to see that. I think, I think the Rams, they're starting to turn things on. They're starting to heat up a little bit. Um, and that win last night was a big start to that, especially if they can beat Seattle. Uh, next week, the Bucks, the Packers. The, like we mentioned before, this NFC is a very stacked division. I'm looking at Arizona's Cardinal, uh, Arizona's Cardinal, the Arizona schedule yeah. for the rest of the season. So the the next game up is uh, is on Sunday against the Lions. That's easy. That's fine. Maybe. I mean, it's at the Lions, and it just depends on how they react to the loss to the to the Rams emotionally yeah then they play the uh the colts Ooh, that's gonna be difficult that's at home that's difficult for them and that's a night game that's actually christmas night really christmas yep mm-hmm. huh. and then they play at dallas Oof. that's not easy that's Oof, and that's awesome. the second to the last game of the season yeah um and that could have a lot of meaning uh, for Dallas potentially, and then they play Seattle. Um, oh, round it out, yeah, I know that. And that's at home. 
here's the thing though with the with the with the Arizona Cardinals, they're great on the road. They're undefeated at this point on the road. They've lost three. They're they're even at home. Three and three is the record at yeah. home. So they're not great at home. I don't think the Lions will pose that much of a problem to this team. I think Indianapolis will pose a big problem to them because their defense can be very, very hard to beat, and Jonathan Taylor can be very, very hard to keep um, from just taking off. We've seen it many times since Derrick Henry went down where he's been able to take the league by a storm and really show what he's able to do in the absence of Derrick Henry where he doesn't steal the spotlight. But also Carson Wentz is taking more control of the offense. The offense is clicking together. That's a scary game if you're the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't know if you win that. I don't think you win that. Dallas? defensively they can they can give you some fits i mean if you're going to be doing what they did against the rams if you're the if you were um arizona if micah parsons can get home and his uh and his guys can get home and cause havoc to kyler murray in the backfield and contain the guys in the secondary i have no doubt can play what do what they need to do and just pick him off he's, he's going to be throwing the ball really in front of the guy i have no doubt trevon diggs and the other cornerbacks can make play on the football my problem is offensively like we've been talking about can Dak prescott back it up all that stuff but if they're able to stop arizona and kind of get him i've talked about this before the best way to beat the arizona cardinals is to remain sticky and get uh kyler murray hemmed in let him scramble he wants to just make sure he can't get outside the pocket because then he makes mistakes he can't I don't know if it's because of the height you can't see it or if he's because he's scrambling and he's getting worried about the guy about to hit him. He can't see the guy standing directly in front of him. So he's got to be make sure he's very careful with the way he's throwing the football. But that could also be a problem. I, I mean, Seattle? I don't know. It depends. It's the end of the year. They might, you know. It depends. It depends. It depends they, might on be, how... they might be done, right? And That's what I'm saying. Completely like, checked out. It depends on how much they need uh, it. If yeah. they're hungry. Or, or they might be trying to, I don't know what they'd be fighting for at that point. If they start losing the next couple of games, like they just want to be spoilers, you know? Yeah, right. Just depends on where their, you know, heads are at. What does like the NFC division look like? Because I know Tampa, Arizona, and the Green Bay Packers are all tied in record wise, but like who the other runner ups are? Because if, with those four games, they could split it, right? And I think the I don't think the um, the Tampa Buccaneers will have any problem. I mean, if you look at the remaining schedule, they've got the easiest remaining schedule yeah, of any got team: Saints, Panthers. So sorry at uh, at home against the Saints. Yep. Then they have the Panthers. Yep. And the Jets. Both both of those are away games. And then and then back home versus the Panthers to close out the season. Easy. That's not going to be a problem for. Then the I don't Bucks. think so. What is like like the Rams? What do they have left? Uh, I don't know that remaining schedule. But if te- and then like so the Cowboys they could clean things up. They're nine and four. They're the same record as the Rams. Uh, there's teams in the NFC that can start to close in on you if you're the Arizona Cardinals like I think at the beginning of the season everyone was just like high on like like kind of like betting I guess on the Arizona Cardinals and saying look they're they're undefeated at the beginning of the season look at all this talent look at all this look at all this like look at all the accus uh all the all the people that they've acquired sorry that they've been able to do uh, acquire throughout this offseason and then there was no chemistry like after your the first few weeks we started to see there wasn't much chemistry in the team. So if they can't figure out that chemistry soon and the, the Rams find out their chemistry first uh, and the, the Cowboys are able to figure things out, then you have to start worrying about their future a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so here I got the Rams for you. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Seattle um, at home and then the Vikings at the Vikings, the Ravens at the Ravens, and then back home to close out the season against the 49ers. Okay, so they got some they got some games they can definitely win in there. Uh, 
We talked about the Rams game or the Seattle game quite a bit. Uh, the Ravens, they could possibly be just based off how banged up they've been uh, and are st- consistently being. Uh, we'll see if they're able to get healthy again. And then they've got a – what was the ending game again? Um, gosh, forgot. What's this? What was the ending game you said? Oh, the 49ers. 49ers, yeah. yeah. And that game could be pretty difficult. We'll see. But this is when things are going to get really exciting for the NFC because the AFC is, I feel like, more boxed in on the teams that actually stand a chance. The NFC is kind of still wide open as far as – uh, the lower level teams are concerned. The nine and four or a little under teams are concerned, and we'll see. Maybe Seattle can slide in if they if you get four, a few more wins because they're I think just a get a lot or a win uh, behind the Saints. If the Saints lose against the Buccaneers, which they most likely will, they can maybe slide up in there. A lot is going to be moving around in the bottom part of that division. That's why it's very important to get that also important number one seed, so you can have a bye week, see where everything yep. shifts out, and then jump back into the whole current of things. And you can get everyone rested and healthy again, which will be extremely helpful, especially for the Arizona Cardinals if they want a chance, or the Rams, or pretty much anyone that's in that top part of the division. But I really like these, like this part of the the year, December through February. This is the best part of football and the most interesting time of football to watch. But I'm still keeping my pick. I I still think that the NFC is going to finish off with the Rams and the Bucks uh, in the NFC Championship game. You think so? I think that's mm. that's that I, game. I think I think NFC Championship game. If it's possible for this to, I, I guess it would have to be possible. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. The Packers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady I don't, in the NFC Championship game. I don't think so. I think okay. I think the Packers are talented, but I just I like the way that you can't bet against the the. the the type of team that the Rams have put together for themselves. They invested so much into them. And I think yesterday was the start of, or not yesterday, sorry, Monday's game was the start of the Rams finally clicking together as an offense and starting to put together the pieces in the correct way. Yes, you have to see a little bit more, but I feel more comfortable with my pick. Well, you might be seeing something in LA that I have yet to see. <laughs> Possibly. So maybe we'll you can see. show me. Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, I will. Yeah. And, and from my perspective, I mean, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a very, very good quarterback and um, has a lot of experience. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree as far and, as. And I just don't think there's enough consistency in the t- other teams that they, that the veteran leadership of both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers don't result in them both playing in that game. Yeah, I, I you know I think I'm probably wrong. I think veteran talent has a lot to do with who just gets in these types of these types of games, and I guess the the Rams quarterback has never even played in a playoff game, Matthew Stafford, because he played for the Detroit Lions for all that time. So yeah, imagine all the pressure that that's going to create. You just got to make sure he because he's a veteran player, just not a playoff I understand, veteran player. But he's been like you know waiting and waiting and waiting he's been in detroit i know been in detroit been in detroit and now it's like oh my gosh and now it's here and now like i don't know you just gotta keep that versus you know, you know versus the other side where you know uh this is just like another game for them yeah it literally is i mean they played i mean the bucks and the Bay packers played last season uh was it the was it the nfc championship they played last season together did they i think it was Okay, well, there you go. I think they were I'm looking for a repeat to get into the get into the Super Bowl where um, Tampa was able to handle the Green Bay Packers. Maybe they'll be hungry for a, a repeat. That'd be mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, shifting back over to the NBA, the Trailblazers. What do you make of them this season? Uh, 
I mean, after watching the game with the Suns, I, I, I mean, we've watched the Portland Trailblazers play, I mean, get into the playoffs multiple times last few seasons, this season, last season into this season, the whole talk about uh, Damian, is he going to leave? Is he going to stay? Seems like he's going to be staying for at least this season. We'll see what happens afterwards. But defensively, they got to play better. I mean, they were, I get it against the Suns playing the paint to make sure they can't get inside and cause havoc there. But we were still having three guys against, around one guy and he was still scoring because either we were, either they were scared to make a play because there were so many fouls that are already given up or he was just sneaking through and they couldn't really get to him quick enough uh, and then therefore scoring. And in this game, the Portland Trailblazers are really good at one thing. That's the three ball. If they're able to shoot the three ball consistently and well, they went, uh, they went basketball games. But when they're not able to shoot it consistently well, they end up losing basketball games, and that's what happened against the Suns, I believe, last night, where they kind of got they they kind of got cold at the beginning, and then got hot when the Suns got cold, and then got cold when the Suns got hot, and they got hot, and then they kind of balanced each other out, and then they ended up losing in overtime. But they they kind of lacked that ability to keep longevity through a long period of time, and when the Suns got cold, it wasn't really a factor of the Trailblazers' defense; it was more of a factor of. Uh, the Suns just not playing the type of basketball that they're used to playing and what we've been able to see. Obviously, Devin Booker was injured in this game, so they did lose a big offensive piece there. But I just think with this Trailblazers team, uh, Damian wants Ben Simmons, that whole situation with the 76ers. You're seeing a whole bunch come out about how the Lakers want him, the Trailblazers want him, and then the 76ers want a big name for him. Hmm. It doesn't really look like they're gonna Damien's or the Trailblazers really want to give out Damien obvious for obvious reasons. They want to be able to keep him. They've tried to put McCollum into talks that didn't really work out. But it seems like they need they need another defensive piece to help out this team because Powell, CJ, and Dame are like and the Nurkage obviously are probably the best of on that team offensively and a little bit defensively. But they're not great defensive team, and that's why they keep losing basketball games. We've seen it countless times with this team. They're just not great on that side of the ball, and so the three pointers save them because they're able to claw back into the games a lot quicker than teams that can't hit the three consistently. And that's really the strong suit of CJ and Dame and Powell. But Nurkic is also good inside. The issue with the Suns game was they weren't playing good defense, but then also on offense, they weren't playing great three-point game either. And so they were getting themselves inside these holes that they had to then climb out of. And then and in basketball, because you're not playing like in the NFL where there's breaks and you have time to bring the offense on, defense on, and then they're not playing both sides of the court, it seemed like they would get tired and their shots wouldn't really work out anymore and they were just kind of slipping, slipping, slipping. So, I mean, it seems like the Trailblazers are kind of fighting the inevitable in the form of they need to start something, kind of do a little bit of a rebuild a little bit for the franchise. Send some pieces out keep some pieces in, just try to build something that's a little bit more defense-oriented than what they have right now that can save them. Because I think, I think yes, three-point shooting is good to have, and it's good to have those types of guys, but you also need to be able to do it on the other end of the court. And that's something we just haven't really seen from the Trailblazers in years prior uh, and in this season. And that really shows why they have that really 
bad record uh, at this point. And then while they can't hold on to games and close them out, which they need to do, they need to be playing defense. When you have three guys against one and you have guys sitting in the paint because you're worried about them driving and you still can't make that many uh, blocks or defensive plays or steals, that's not something that you can really build upon. That's something that you'd be worried about if you're, if you're the trailblazers. So I think they need to, I think getting Ben Simmons and dealing out a veteran player or the type of name guy that they want besides maybe Dame would be a good decision because you need to be able to get a guy like that, that can play defense and can play both ends of the court and can give upside. And, and when you get that, I think that's going to really help. But you got to make sure you put your best foot forward in a deal like that because we've seen it countless times in the NFL, NBA, all sports where a team really wants a guy and really needs him, but he goes to the all-star team because they actually put a good offer in for him. Uh, we've seen that, I mean, many times. I mean, uh, Seattle could have used a guy, I mean, maybe could have used OBJ, but he went to the Ram because they they stuck their best foot forward and they gave a big deal to him. So they got to make sure if they, if this is what they need, do it. And if that's going to help Dame want to stay for the future and that's going to help you guys kind of build things back a little bit better and kind of fix things up. I think that's going to be really important uh, in, in the future of this franchise, but I think they need to go beyond the mindset of we're getting to the playoffs and to a mindset of how are we going to win a championship with this organization, with this mm-hmm. team. And I don't think that's the type of team they have yet. I think Dame yeah. is, I think uh, C.J. McCollum is some of these guys that they have, but as a collective team, it just doesn't seem that way. And how w- willing they are to deal guys out shows that they're kind of on the verge of saying, "Okay, let's just put all our cards on the table and start rebuilding." Because I mean, they put C.J. McCollum out in the trade table. They just opened up two more guys. I think um, uh, Covington uh, and one other guy. I can't remember his name. They said, okay, these guys are also open to trade talks. So they're, they seem like they're like, like okay, they're pretty much like ready to we're start. ready to do something here. Yeah, tear it down. and Which probably is smart at this point. Together. Yes, I think that's yeah. smart. Uh, it's transition so time. Every team does it. Every team has a, yep. has a point where they're like, okay, we need to, we need to rebuild at this point. Yeah. Peel the Band-Aid off. There you go. All right, so let's jump back over to the NFL for just a moment before we head out for the, for the evening. Um, NFL MVP race. Uh, the NFL Network put out a tweet today. Uh, this is up on the site. Um, the list being number one, Aaron Rodgers, number two, Tom Brady, number three, Justin Herbert, number four, Jonathan Taylor, and number five, Josh Allen. What do you think about that? Um, what do you think about, I mean, I guess the big question here is not like most of the list. It's the top two slots on the list and the order in which they are uh, placed. Um, I think Tom Brady should be number one. Well, I think I, I think everyone agrees with that. I think well, not everyone. I, Somebody I, over there at the NFL Network who did not put their name on this. Tweet I just I, did, I instead used the NFL Network account. <laughs> yes, so I, th- I don't know who they are. I think but... Jonathan Taylor should be higher on that list. Okay, uh, I think uh, how high? Third. Third, at okay. least, maybe second, um, behind Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady should have the that that I mean that spot just because of the way he's been able to play, all the records he's broken this year, the completions, the way he's been able to have a really good like the best record in the entire NFL at this point. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has the same thing, but the teams he's been having to face, the ups, the downs, the comebacks, 
the, just the ability to play football and, and the longevity and the, and the, I guess, I don't think MVP, like you can't, I don't, but he's also been able to turn around the franchise last season and still doing it this season. I think Aaron Rodgers won last season. Give it to Tom Brady this season. He's earned it. He's worked for it. And then put Jonathan Taylor at number two because I think Jonathan Taylor should be number two simply because he is the lifeblood of the Colts team. He has changed a bad Colts team into a good Colts team in just a couple years. He's only been in the NFL two years. He's the all-time, or not the all-time, but the um, the the leader in rushes this season. Um, he's been playing really well as of late. And I think he's just going to continue to play well. And I just I don't see why they shouldn't respect what he's been able to do as a second year guy. In his first season, he also played really well. This season, he's been a complete workhorse. But not only that, he is showing that he can produce. He can he shows that he can do it in the run game. He can do it in the pass game. He can create smaller runs into big plays like Derrick Henry has been able to do. I think he's just a younger version of Derrick Henry that needs to grow and keep learning. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry is a little bit better, but Jonathan Taylor just kind of came into his own this season, really played well, and I think that's why he should be number two. And then, then Aaron Rodgers is number three because Aaron Rodgers, yes, he's good, and yes, he's proven that he can own the Bears, sure, but I still think that they need to put, give the credit where credit is due this season to the teams that have truly been playing well, and that is the uh, the Bucks and Tampa Bay and, in particular, uh, TB12. Okay. All right, cool. Well, are there any good games on today? Uh, not really, honestly. No. Uh, yeah, not really. <laughs> All right. So it's a good night to like read a book. It's a great night to read a book. There you go. Go do that. Or watch replays. Watch That's re- also okay. an option. Good, good watch replays. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, until next time, it was cool hanging out. Yeah. Listeners, thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it. Don't ask questions. Just subscribe. <laughs> Until next time, see ya. ya. God bless.